Talking Shop with Teresa Reed and Bree Saucy. I am Teresa Reed, also known as the Tarot Lady. You can find me at www.thetarotlady.com. Bree, you want to take a moment to introduce yourself and tell people where they can find you? Hey, everyone. It's Bree Saucy. I'm super happy to be here, as always. And you can find me at www.milagroroots.com. Excellent. And, you know, tonight I am very, very psyched about this show, and I know you are, Bree. This was your idea was to bring this very special guest on. So you want to give people a little uh, little idea of who we are bringing on tonight? Well, you know, Teresa and I bring you the best of everyone, and tonight we have Alexander Franzen, who may just be the best, period. Um we are both big fan girls of Miss Alexandra Franzen. And Alexandra, if you guys don't know about her, you can find her. I'm sure everybody here does, but you can find her online at alexandrafranzen.com. And Alexandra is a are we are we saying that you're a published author yet? We we can do that, right? Ooh. Well, as of September third. Okay, <laughs> very soon. And see we're future oriented here, so that works. Yeah. And um and she is a copywriter and communication strategist for artists, healers, mystics, and other marvelous misfits. And Alexandra um and I have worked together because she generated much of the copy that is on my website and I adore her. And mm-hmm. I also want to add too that Alex has been my right hand woman for really polishing up all my web copy. Uh I'm a Gemini, I love to talk, but sometimes putting those words down to paper, we need someone to clean it up and make it come together and and Alex has been just such an incredible help to my business. And I also want to mention something, too, before we really get started with you, Alex. Uh, recently, I attended the Writing Yourself Into Motion workshop. Alex does these all over the country. And for anybody who is involved in any business, metaphysical business, I don't care what kind of business you are involved in, this is a workshop that you need to attend. Uh, Alex is not only a writer and copywriter, but she is a true teacher. And so tonight, having her on our show, we are going to be really picking her brain and having her teach everybody who's listening tonight a lot about uh, your reputation, your street cred, how to write without feeling squeamish and talk about your work without feeling you know, uncomfortable. We're going to talk about web copy that really allows you to sparkle through and welcome, Alexandra. We are thrilled to have you with us tonight. Thank you so much wow. for having That was a bodacious introduction. Thanks, both of you guys. I'm I'm blushing. <laughs> so uh, you want to start out, Alex, by telling people here how you got into copywriting. Sure, absolutely. So to back up with a little philosophy, um, I really believe, and I, I've come to believe over the years, that every single word you speak and every single word you write is an opportunity to leave the world and the people around you in better condition than you found them. 
So it doesn't matter if you're writing copy for your website or your business or a text message or an email or a blog post or a sales page or a, a personal note to yourself or a love letter to someone you care about. Whatever you're writing, whatever language you're putting into the world, that's your opportunity to leave a mark and to leave the world in better shape than you found it. You always have an opportunity with every word to inspire people, to uplift people, to inform, entertain, make someone's day better. So basically throughout my entire, you know, adult life from kind of the age of 19 and onward, I've always been a writer. I've always worked in the realm of writing, whether it was, you know, journalism, technical writing, public broadcasting, and eventually marketing and copywriting. And that philosophy, although I wasn't even really able to articulate it myself <laughs> until recently, has always driven my work. It's all about positive sum communication, where both you and the person reading or listening are uplifted by your words. That's what I stand for. That's what I teach. So to back up to how I got into copywriting, um, the sh long story short is uh, I, I like to joke that I got my very first copywriting assignment from my mom when I was about eight or nine years old. Um, she noticed that I had a knack for taking song lyrics and then rewriting them so that members of my family were prominently featured in the songs. <laughs> and, uh, she asked me to write a special song for our great Aunt Mimi, who was turning like 80 or something like that. And I did, and it was very popular at her birthday gathering. And my mom basically started asking me to do little bits of copywriting after that, you know, invitations to, to holiday dinners and, and so forth. And then that evolved, of course, over time into a slightly more professional <laughs> arena. Um, I think my my very, very first sort of introduction to professional copywriting was when I was working for American Public Media, which is one of the biggest public broadcasting companies in the nation next to NPR. And uh, I was the on-air promotional coordinator, which basically meant that I had to cram a pretty complex message into 15 or 30 seconds of on-air time. So that was my first introduction to not just copywriting or promotional writing, but really, really refined, concise writing, zen writing, right, where there's like no extra fluff because you just don't have time. And then that evolved into freelancing for marketing agencies and eventually starting my own business about three and a half years ago. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I know that you guys want to talk about reputations today, which is yeah. a very interesting topic because obviously your reputation is not just your words but your actions, and yet your words can often anchor your identity for the people who are visiting you, particularly online. Did you want to talk about what's up when you're first starting out, how to build a reputation from there? Absolutely. One of the things that we want to ask you is how do you develop a strong reputation, a strong and credible reputation, especially when you are first starting out in business? You know, metaphysical business is kind of a strange business to be in. So what would be your advice for those who are just entering the field and wanting to get something out there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I knew this question was coming, and I, I spent some time thinking about it today, and I, I had a little epiphany, and, and I'll be curious if you guys agree with me. 
So, you know, often people will say, oh, I'm just starting out. I don't have any clients. I don't have any experience, yada, yada, yada. How do I get, you know, how do I get that first wave of clients in the door or that first wave of paying clients in the door? And as I hopped out of the shower today, I realized unless you were, like, literally born yesterday, in which case, welcome to planet Earth. I'm very impressed that you're listening to this uh, to this show already. <laughs> Unless you were literally born yesterday, you are not just starting out. Nobody is just starting out. Everybody has skills, stories, life lessons, you know, like some kind of track record of success, even if it's in a different industry than the one that you want to be known for. So, you know, the question, how do you develop a reputation right out of the gate, I would say look back at your track record and history Find evidence that you rock and then leverage it. And I have a couple examples. So, like, let's say just hypothetically that, uh, you know, you're a tarot card reader or an aspiring tarot card reader, but really you've worked as a secretary for the past 10 years. So you might think, well, you know, shoot, there's no connection there. You know, how do I make the leap? How do I show people that I'm credible when being a secretary has nothing to do with being a great tarot card reader? I would argue, no, look, you've been a secretary for 10 years. You're probably super organized and punctual and thoughtful, and that makes you a better and more reliable tarot card reader. So see, there's always a way to in and leverage your history into proof that you rock at what you're doing today. So as another example, uh, let's say that you've been a math teacher for middle school students for the past, you know, 10, 20, or three years. Uh, but really, you want to be known as an astrologer. So I would look at that and say, okay, so you've been teaching math. Clearly, you're fascinated with logic and finding patterns, and because you're a teacher, you probably have a knack for explaining really complex ideas in a way that even a child or a teenager who's half listening can understand, right? So those abilities make you better and stronger at, at your work today as an astrologer. You see what I'm doing here? So for everybody listening, you know, whether your past work has a clear connection to the work that you do today or maybe more of an indirect connection, there is always a connection. And really the key is finding it and, and then leveraging it. Does that make sense? Right on. Right on. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, and that goes for – I know that a lot of metaphysical peeps often do their work, whether it's astrology or tarot card reading or, you know, rune stones or magic, whatever it is, they often do it for free for a very, very, very long time for friends mm -hmm. and family because they love it. Um, and they really struggle to then make that leap to, well, then how do I start charging for this? Did, did either of you guys ever experience that or were you just like right out of the gates, like all business all the time? Oh no, I wasn't. Oh, no. I was, uh, you know, I was doing this uh, on the side, and I was bartending and bringing my cards in, and people were giving me tips. And you know, Alex, for me, it wasn't until I never got the idea to have a business in my brain until my client, the people that were coming in there, were saying, you know, I would really like something more in depth. I would like more time with you. I want to pay you. It was basically people throwing at money at me before I decided, <laughs> maybe I should start a business. I, I would have never thought of doing something like that. 
to be honest. Yeah, interesting. yeah and for me it was it was similar. You know, all through college I would I would read cards for friends and I would you know, I would light candles and I'd always been interested in, in different religious practices and magical practices and folkloric practices. But I was actually getting a reading from a reader and a teacher and an author that I really loved and respected and she was like, you know, you should consider doing this professionally. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And, uh, you know, because I, I had a bookstore and I was <laughs> immersed in a whole other life. And then she started sending clients to me. And they were showing up expecting to pay me money. And they were like, what are your rates? And I was like, I, that's a good question. What are my rates? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's interesting because the metaphysical world is is unique in that people have a particularly hard time, I think, making the leap from not getting paid for your work in money to then asking for money and having a particular rate and framework around what you offer. But again, I would remind you, you know, if you've been working for free, uh, or for, you know, bump cakes or for back massages <laughs> for the past 5, 10, 20 years, and you've worked with, you know, dozens or, or hundreds of clients who've experienced real breakthroughs and beautiful shifts in their lives, that's leverageable information too. Mm-hmm. And you can talk about that on your website and in your materials. Even though they weren't paid customers, they were still your customers to some extent. And, so and would you say, Alex, that you could even, too. like, snag testimonials from people that you've worked for for free or that you've traded if they're willing to give absolutely, them? Absolutely. And I think in both of your experiences, you know, you got to a point where the people who you weren't even really planning to charge were, like, basically throwing money at you. I mean, if you reach out to even just, like, three of, let's say, your best friends or family members who you've read for or done any kind of work for in the past, and ask them a couple of questions like, you know, what was the stickiest problem that you were dealing with when you came to me? What was the best part of our work together? What's one thing you can do now or one thing you have clarity around now that you didn't have before you worked with me? Simple questions like that and start to get, you know, essentially interview your best customers, free or paid, to see what happened for them. And then you can edit those remarks into testimonials and boom, you're all set for the first wave of customers on your brand bank and new website. Easy as that. Love it. Absolutely. That's really wise advice. You know, Alice, I find that a lot of people, and myself included, um, you know, sometimes because we are in kind of a funky industry, we have a bit of a hard time talking or writing about our business. You know, we get a lot of flack from people. Um, what What is your thoughts about that? How can we get past feeling squeamish about writing about our business and putting ourselves out there? What is your advice to us? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, metaphysical business owners and and service providers are in a unique situation because your work, you know, if if you're a a rune reader, a tarot card reader, an astrologer, uh, a a Reiki healer, I mean, your work is in the realm of emotion and instinct and spirituality and intuition and discernment, like all of these things that are literally intangible concepts, right? You can't them. You can't 
put a bow on them. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you, you can't even really measure them, let alone it's hard to place a value on them. So basically, it's really difficult to describe the indescribable. This is why we've had, you know, poets through the millennia trying to find the right words to describe these things that we feel and these revelations that we have. It's very hard to do. So if your work falls into that category of indescribable, then obviously it can be tricky to talk about who you are, what you do, and the results that you get for people. But it's not impossible. Um, And my best advice is actually to, as you're thinking about how you want to talk about your work, how you want to write about your work, it's really powerful to use techniques that fiction writers and poets use, using metaphors, using similes, using kind of, you know, almost writing as if you're writing a haiku, using the fewest possible words that you can. And often that will get you to much clearer language than if you just start to dump ideas on the page. So, in fact, I wrote a little uh, wee book called How to Describe the Indescribable, (laughs) which outlines a couple of different ways that you can write about yourself in very plain, simple language. And I wanted to try out one of the exercises right now. Does that sound good? Yay! Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So this is one of the simplest exercises that I teach in my workshops that I share in this book. I call it the but really exercise. <laughs> and it's literally just those two words, but really, question mark. So a quick backstory. Uh, actually, just literally a few days ago, I was working with a client during one of my one-on-one sessions, and she is a stargazing instructor. Whoa, right? Awesome. She's, also, she's also an astrologer. She also makes these amazing essences and elixirs. I mean, she does all kinds of stuff, and it go, it can go way off on the woo-woo end of the spectrum for most people. But ultimately, her work is around the cosmos and the stars. So we were working on coming up with a an introduction that she would feel comfortable writing as well as saying that felt clear to the point that wouldn't drive anyone away or just cause their eyes to glaze over. And what we came up with was this. Her introduction is, I teach stargazing, but really, I remind people that real life is always amazing. Oh, like beautiful. Nice. I really love it. Right? So beautiful. We get exactly what she does. It has something to do with stars, right? She's clearly either an astrologer, an astronomer, maybe both. Doesn't really matter. But the but really, I remind people that real life is always amazing. It's like we get her mission statement embedded in that introduction, and we get the sense of the value of what she provides. You know, to use kind of like marketing language, we Mm -hmm. see the benefit. We see the result, right? When you work with her, when you partner with her, you're going to have a reminder. You're going to remember that real life is amazing. So good. So, you know, for example, if you are a, a tarot card reader, you might introduce yourself by simply saying, I'm a tarot card reader. But really, I remind people that they're always in the driver's seat of their destiny. Mm. Boom. Mm-hmm. Every tarot card reader will have a subtly different but really statement because no two tarot card readers are exactly alike, right? right so on. your but really is the very, very personal part. And the first part, the I am or the I teach, is more just kind of cut and dry. 
right? We want a job title that people can wrap their heads around. For you, Miss Bree, you might introduce yourself by saying something like, I'm a root magic worker, but really, I teach people to stop waiting for miracles to happen and to start creating them instead, right? Because you're a person with miracles. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's all about creating miracles. Right. Let's say you are an astrologer. Maybe you run a horoscope website. You might say, I'm an astrologer, but really, I'm a cosmic weather girl, and I'm all about practical daily reports that you can use. Awesome. Again, every astrologer will have a subtly different but really statement. Maybe you're not all about practical daily reports. Maybe you're about something totally different. So what I want to do right now is everybody listening if you have a pen handy, a pencil, your laptop, or maybe just your brain tank, <laughs> the typewriter in your brain, I want you to write your personal introduction. And again, the formula is I am a fill in the blank, your simple job title here, but really I remind dot dot dot, I teach dot, 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 I help people to dot, 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 I show people how to dot, 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 I create tools that allow people to dot, 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 put your butt really. Take a second and and weave that together, and I'd love to hear a couple of them if we can. Absolutely, for those who are on the line, a gentle reminder Take a moment to do this exercise. You're going to hit star two to raise your hand. And otherwise, I might just pick on somebody because I've been known to do that. But ra- hit star two <laughs> to raise your hand and let's let's um, say it loud and proud and, and get Alex's feedback. This is your chance. Yeah. And I'll say the formula again. So I'm a, your job title here, but really... I remind, teach, help, show, create, solve, insert your real work, your mission work there. We have a hand up, Alex. Yes. And the hand up is coming from South Carolina. And it says, let me make sure I can get this unmuted here. Shay Baxter, are you there? Oh, hi. My name is not Shay Baxter, but... And what is your name? My name is Amelia Quint. Hi, Amelia. I'm so glad you're hi, here Teresa. tonight. Hi, Teresa. Hey, Amelia. Hi, Alex. How are you? Hey. Hi, Amelia. Ooh, will you introduce yourself hi, as if we don't know you at all? All right. So, I am an astrologer, but really... I show people how to claim their cosmic superpowers. Ooh, very simple. I like that a lot because what happens with that introduction, and by the way, that can be a beautiful introduction that you say in an everyday conversation, or maybe it's the first line of the language on your homepage, on your website, right? It's a beautiful introduction because it piques the reader's interest and they go, well, what is a cosmic superpower? Tell me more. So then my question for you is just that. What is a cosmic superpower? Tell me more. What would you tell me then? 
I would say your cosmic superpower is hmm, the thing that you can give to the universe that nobody else can. Awesome. You just wrote the second line of your homepage website copy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Boom. Um, so then why is it so important for people to understand their cosmic superpower or what happens when they do know it and own it and claim it? When you know it and own it and claim it, you can feel free. Free to do what? Anything you want to do. <laughs> nice. So you your homepage. Good job. All right. <laughs> That's great. Really nice. Super cool. I love it. Like I you, totally love it. Either, there's so much simplicity in this formula. I am a blank, but really I blank, which then naturally lends itself to a couple of other questions. Ooh, so tell me more. Oh, so why does that matter? Oh, and then what happens for me? your customer or client. And if you can answer those questions just as beautifully as Amelia just did, you will never be a deer in the headlights when you're introducing yourself and your homepage and really all of your web copy will flow from there. That was fantastic. That was perfect. Amelia. I just have to say I love this exercise because, you know, one of the things that we encounter in in our work is that a lot of people are doing <clears throat> very similar things, right? There's a there's mm-hmm. many of us who read tarot cards. And and I love this because it also captures nuance. You know, what what how you frame it or what you bring to the art that nobody else does or nobody else is emphasizing that the way that you are. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Yeah, the but really I like to call those two magic words because they have this way of unlocking whatever it is that you specifically bring to your work or your craft. It's awesome. (laughs) And by the way, the but really words are great to use, not just for personal introduction, but if you're writing, let's say, a product description or a service description or an outline for an event. If you're kind of struggling to to articulate, well, what is it about this this offering or this event or this product that is really going to, like, light people up? You could say, like, I've written a book, but really, I've written a tool that's going to da-da-da-da-da-da-da. See what I mean? So the but really is an amazing, like, unlatching tool to get to the heart of whatever it is that you're really trying to say. Right on. I love it. And, you know, it also connects, Teresa, with what you were asking about with you know because there there is there are issues around reputation and and there are those of us who are coming into this field not not fully sure if if we're ready to completely come out with our tarot reading or you know if you're really on the far end like I am with your magical work and so i think that this is is so useful too because it really it taps you into you know, the greatness of what it is that you're doing and why you're dedicated to it. And I think that just articulating that for ourselves can help chase away some of those reputation fears. And also can educate people, too. It can educate people about our work. I do want to do, do, there's one other person here who um, 
sent in on the chat room their uh, their uh, introduction for your feedback too. She's on the web so uh, the webcast, so she's not going to be able to talk to you live. This is coming from Lynette, who's all the way from Australia listening in tonight, Alex. And here's what she wrote. Uh, Lynette uh, wrote, "I'm a tarot reader, but really, I show people that their future and reality is entirely shaped by their own choices." Awesome. And I think that's a, you know, that's a pretty uh, common stance for a tarot card reader, that your, your destiny is, is in your hands, that you're in the driver's seat. Um, that's beautiful, Lynette. And I can see how someone, even somebody who's a bit of a skeptic or who maybe doesn't even get what tarot is, would be intrigued by what you're talking about. You might follow that up with a question, a prompt, either in writing on your website, you know, to kind of seal up your, your home page or your landing page, or even in a face-to-face conversation. You might say something like, what's one situation where you don't feel like you're in control of your destiny or your life right now? Or can you remember a time where you felt completely in the driver's seat? Want to feel that way all the time? You know what I mean? So ending your introduction or your conversation with a question that puts the onus back on the person reading or listening is a really powerful way to sort of invite a dialogue so that your personal introduction doesn't feel like an awkward monologue that just sort of trails off, but rather the beginning of a conversation that might lead to a paid client, might lead to a friend, might lead to an ally, who knows? You guys, uh, Teresa and Bree, do you often end your conversations face-to-face with kind of intriguing questions, or do you just sort of shut it down? <laughs> oh, I always open up for questions because I love to pick brains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, you know, like I love, I, you know, my training is in Socratic discussion, so I'm always like, this is the really exciting question that all of these cards want us to be thinking about right now. Yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, Teresa, I think it was you a moment ago who mentioned that Introducing yourself in clear, simple language, like language that even a child could understand, is not only great for business and great to help your clients understand who you are, but it's also a way to educate the wider world about what it is that you actually do so that this industry can shed some of the icky stereotypes that it has. So, for example... There are a lot of really groovy questions that you could ask even someone who has virtually no interest in the metaphysical or spiritual world. Like, you know, let's say you are, again, to use astrology as an example, you might say, dude, so have you ever had a day where it just seemed like everyone was losing their mind at the same time? And they'll go, oh, my God, yeah, 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 last Thursday, dude, I can't even tell you, it was crazy, da-da-da-da. And you go, well, that's so interesting because last Thursday was actually the intersection of blabbity blue and, and this planet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's a way that you can ask very simple, frank, you know, kind of plain English questions that open up a dialogue even with people who don't have your shared vocabulary. And this brings me to another point that I want to make about why it's often so hard for metaphysical business owners to articulate what they do and to sort of grasp and resonate with their clients. And I see this not just in the metaphysical industry, but in a lot of industries, in the life coaching industry, in the design industry. Often when you write your web copy, you make the mistake of writing for your peers, not for Mm -hmm. your customers. And what I mean is if you're writing for your peers, you know, your fellow astrology geeks, 
there's a certain uh, vernacular and vocabulary that you can use that they'll get because they're geeks like you and they speak the same language and they get it. But your customers might know next to nothing about the grand sextile, you know, or the, or, the, yeah. or the whatever. And so if you throw a bunch of dense language at them, they're going to be turned off. They're not going to get it. So if nothing else, that's one little seed that I want to plant in everyone's mind tonight when you're introducing yourself face-to-face, when you're writing for the web, when you're writing a blog post. Remember who you're talking to. Maybe it is your peers sometimes, but probably it's not. So consider the vocabulary and the understanding that your customers and and blog readers have, not just the peeps that you hang out with on the weekends when you're talking star stuff. (laughs) That is actually really, really smart advice because, you know, one of the things I I do see sometimes people also will put up their website and they'll talk in what they assume professional, like astrology or tarot talk needs to be, and they have the most boring sites. It's yeah. like I I I want to I want personality. I want to hear uh, more about what this person is about, what their personality is like, and I think people are craving that. They want to make sure that they are connecting with a real person who they are compatible with. So uh, this is really good advice, super good. Absolutely. You know, there's that famous quote by Andre Gaudet. Uh, he says. Everything has been said before, but nobody was listening. So we have to go back to the beginning and say it again. And I I always smile when I think about that quote because to some extent, everything has been said before and everything has been done before. And there are thousands of people doing similar services as you, no matter what industry you're in. So really the only way to truly pop is to let your personality shine. And this is something that, you know, virtually every publicist, copywriter, marketing strategist will tell you. You've got to infuse your language with your story and your personality or it's just dull as a doorknob. And people won't get you and make a heart connection, which is really what you want, especially in this kind of intimate work. Yes, we want people who are going to be compatible with us. And not not everybody that comes to me is necessarily um, going to be a good fit, and they can mm-hmm. suss that out by going to my website and reading my blogs and reading my site, or they can go to Breeze, or they can go to Lynette's, and they can get a feel of what we're all about and decide then which one is going to resonate with them. So it is so important to put yourself out there, warts and all, as you are. I totally believe that. Absolutely. You know, uh, we have one other person who I think wants to try that but really thing. Do you think we have enough? Yes. Please, her. This is Val calling all the way from Kentucky. Val, you are on the spotlight. Okay, my my little spiel here is I'm a tarot reader, but really, I show you how to grab hold of the reins of your life rather than being blindly steered by fate. Wow! <laughs> nice, <laughs> love it. And love because- it. It's awesome. And I love that we get your personality. I mean, that introduction that you just said, I get the sense that that's the way you naturally speak. You know, you didn't try to dress it up or or put a bow on it to make it all fancy, right? It's just, that's what it is. That was fantastic. And I, another little gem I'd like to plant in everyone's minds is if you're struggling, especially with writing marketing language for the web, for media kits, for brochures, et cetera, just write the way you naturally speak. It's always going to read and sound better. That was awesome, Val. 
Right so now. do you feel good with that introduction? Do you feel like you can rattle that off to someone that you, that you meet at a coffee shop or a bar? Does that feel like it'll roll off the tongue? I think it would. It may it might need a little tweaking, but I I think mm-hmm. I could pull it off pretty comfortably. Yeah, so then my my next or follow-up questions for you would be similar to the ones that I asked, uh, I think it was Amelia, or Lynette, rather, earlier. So what happens when we don't grab our fate by the horns, and what happens when we do grab our fate by the horns? I'd love to see you write maybe a sentence or two about, like, this is what happens when that's going on, and this is what happens when that's going on, to really drive home the benefits of working with you, because obviously you're offering one, not the other. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. I love it. Yeah. Yes, I love it. Thank awesome. you so awesome. much, Belle, for raising that hand. Thank you. So we, um, I'd like to move on to something else here, Alex. I hope you don't mind. No, Even though there's a bunch it. of people in the webcast who also have some pretty darn good intros, you know, one of the things that I find, and, and I don't know, Bree, do you get this? Do you sometimes really get a creative block? Oh, yes. <laughs> do you have an exercise to help us, Alex, really move out of that creative block? Do you have something that you could recommend to really start getting our writing juices flowing that you, we could practice here tonight? Nah. <laughs> no. No, <actually. laughs> He's <laughs> holding out on us, Teresa. Yes, of course I do. So everybody, you know, whether they're a professional writer or not, at some point gets into a creative block. And I don't really buy the whole thing about, you know, writer's block. Like, I don't think that you're literally, like, blocked. I think actually right. when people talk about writer's block or a creativity block, what they really mean is, they don't know why they're sitting down to write or create. They've kind of lost sight of the end game, if you will, what it is they're trying to inspire or change or make better in the lives of their readers. So when I'm feeling kind of blocked or, or rather scattered, like I just the words just aren't quite coming out or it's, it's just not going anywhere, it's not turning into a blog post that I'll feel proud of publishing, I like to press pause on my brain and come back to three very simple central questions. And the questions are, how do I want my reader to feel? What do I want my reader to know? And what do I want my reader to do? Feel, know, do. Three words. If you can answer those questions for yourself, if you're clear on what you want your reader to feel when they read your newsletter, your email, your blog post, your tweet, your sales page, if you're clear on what you want them to know, the information that you want to pass along, the how-to, the lesson, the steps, and if you're clear on what you want them to do, the action step, the call to action, the do this now, if you're clear on those three pieces, it's really hard to go wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. You, you'd have to kind of really throw yourself in a loop. So my biggest piece of advice is if you're feeling blocked, reframe it. Don't think of it as a block. Just think of it as, okay, so I'm not actually as clear as I thought I was on why I'm writing this. I need to come back to these three questions. And if you can answer those, I promise you everything will flow much easier and much faster from there. Hmm. 
couple other little bitty things that often work for me when I'm feeling unfocused or, or the perfect turn of phrase just isn't coming. And these are pretty commonsensical, but I like to just step away from my computer and go for a walk or take a shower or do something to interrupt whatever, whatever loop my brain was in before. I don't know why, but I get my best ideas when I'm in the car, like for a long road trip, when I'm walking aimlessly and talking to myself like a crazy person, or when I'm taking a shower or a bubble bath. Like those are my top three. I know if I do one of those, I'm going to get some kind of brilliant insight. And I know that, you know, for you it might be a yoga class, for someone else it might be going to an art gallery, but often doing something, anything outside of your industry, outside of your work, outside of, you know, laptop land can really bring some more jazz and juice into the mix. Another thing I like to do is I uh, I like to talk to myself. <laughs> and I like to record myself talking, kind of like the detective on Twin Peaks. Like I'm always recording little notes to Diane. <laughs> and uh, so I record myself all the time. And not every little audio note that I record turns into a brilliant, you know, piece of, of spun gold. But often I get my very best ideas on the fly, and it's great to be able to record those quickly, especially if I'm driving and I don't want to, like, bust out a notepad. So I recommend carrying, you know, putting a, a voice recorder on your smartphone if you don't have one already. There's also a really, it's, it's not a very pretty website, but it's a very uh, functional website that I discovered recently called Vocaroo, which is Oh, my gosh, v I love it. Vocaroo is tight, right? V-O-C-A-R-O-O.com. Uh, again, not the prettiest site in the world, but literally, <laughs> if you have speakers next to your computer or on your laptop, all you have to do is press the big fat record button on the website, start talking, it'll record whatever you're saying, and then it'll generate either a download link or a link that you can give someone directly. So it's a really super, super simple way to record your thoughts. I even use that sometimes if I want to respond to an email, but my fingers yeah. are just tired. I'll record a little note, attach it to the email, and I'm like, here you go, listen to this. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So you could use that to record a little note for one of your customers or clients. It's a really groovy little tool. And then a third micro technique that I use when I'm feeling stuck in my writing or stuck creatively is, and I've said this a little bit earlier in this call, pretend that you're speaking to a child. Pretend that you're explaining yourself or you're writing this post or this newsletter or this sales page for like a precocious toddler, a five-year-old who's really smart but doesn't have an immense vocabulary or an immense amount of patience. <laughs> and I find that often when I invite people, and I notice this a lot in my workshops, when I invite people to speak or write it, if they're explaining themselves to a child, the most beautiful, like perfectly formed, simple statements come out. So that's another great technique. If all else fails, just like crumple up whatever you're doing, toss in the trash, start over, pretend that you're writing for a small, intelligent, beautiful child who's really interested in what you have to say, but really can only pay attention for like two minutes. I love that. Those are my favorites. Thank you. And you know yeah. what? I have a fourth. I have a. I have a fourth one, which is yeah. Go to Alexandra's website and get one of her mini script packs because they are fantastic. And she has all kinds of really good prompts that will get you writing about yourself and thinking about yourself in ways that can kind of shift a lot of stuff. Wouldn't you say so, Teresa? 
Oh, my God, yes. I love the scripts. I love the exercises, too. One of the things people find if they do go to your site, Alex, is that you do have a lot of exercises to help people to become better writers. And I know, because you said at the beginning we should get our tarot decks out, that you have a tarot-centered exercise. I do indeed. So in addition to my kind of central belief, which is that everything you write and say is an opportunity to leave the world in better condition than you found it, I also believe that really, really great writing can happen amazingly quickly. It does not have to be laborious. It does not have to take all day. I have seen art emerge in a minute or less. Which brings me to a little game I'd like to play <laughs> with everyone here. So this is a game that I invented uh, for one of my writing workshops, and it's a combination of tarot and poetry, and I call it poetry. Um, so here's how it works. And before you're like, poetry, what the what? I'm going to click. I'm out of here. Just, just hang on. <laughs> so how the game works is I'm going to invite Teresa, who I know has many decks at the ready, to pull a card for us. She's going to read or rather announce the name of the card. Maybe she'll tell us a little bit about what she sees, what's going on visually, what we should know about it. And then everybody's going to take one minute. 60 seconds to write a poem in response. This is about not editing, not second-guessing, not overthinking, just letting whatever comes out, comes out, whether it rhymes, whether it doesn't, whether it's a haiku, a limerick, just gibberish, it doesn't matter. This is a rapid speed writing exercise. Let's do it now. Go, Teresa, go. Okay. I am using the Baroque Bohemian Cats Tarot. I pulled out strength. And in this card, a Siamese cat dressed in a very elegant gown is taking a dragon and gently closing the dragon's mouth. The dragon looks like it's struggling a little bit. This is all set in a beautiful garden. And in the background of the garden, it looks like a woman is watching on. But is that a woman or a fairy? The little white book that comes with this lists strength as this. Calm strength under pressure. Determination and patience. Courage and fortitude. Inner conviction of purpose. A quiet mind is stronger than a violent action. Whoa. All right, guys. Strength. 60 seconds. Write your tarot. Start now. I will keep an eye on the clock. About halfway done.
and stop. Woo! <laughs> awesome. Who has a Taroam that they would like to share? Do you have one, Bree? I do. But if we have callers, I'll let them go first. No one has raised their hand yet, so <laughs> I Everyone wondered... is shy. Okay, I'll go first. Too hot to handle. The twin of myself takes charge, closing the mouth of roaring furnace, revealing an alembic for transformation. Wow. What the what? That's awesome, lady. <laughs> well, you this described is... it so well. So, you know, it was it was it was really you, Teresa. <laughs> you are the one beneath my wings. But these are dragon wings. <laughs> That's right. We have Wait, a hand in the air. Said at the end? Oh, sorry. I, did you say a word at the end? Alumnic? What is Alumbic. Alumbic? Yeah, A-L-E-M-B-I-C. It's an alchemist tool. Of course it is. <laughs> I need to look that up. That. <laughs> Does anyone else have also, their Also, it's also it? a bar on Hate ashbury in San Francisco. I highly oh, recommend. excellent. Check we do have too. one hand in the air, and actually <laughs> we are also closing in on the last 10 minutes. So we're going to bring her on, and then we are going to just finish up nicely here. And it is all the way back from Kentucky, our good friend Val is back here. Val, you are really showing up big tonight. I am loving this. Very proud. Okay, I don't work well under pressure, so I only got two lines, but it made me chuckle. So I thought, I'll raise my hand. Okay, dragon lady, strong and fierce. Little kitty can also pierce. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I love it. So the point of this, you know, sort of exceptionally compressed speedy writing exercise is not to stress you out or like send you into a tizzy. It's really just a tool, right? You can use this exercise. You can pull a tarot card or you can, you know, put your finger on a on a map of the cosmos or whatever you want to do. If you just need a burst of inspiration to start a new blog post, to write a poem, to write a newsletter, whatever it is you're working on, the key though is to limit the time because the more time you give yourself, the more we tend to overanalyze, overthink, start editing in circles, and before we know it, we've ended up with just kind of a a pile of of jibber-jabber. So really experiment with giving yourself almost crazy time limits, a minute, two minutes, five minutes, and just see what comes out of you when you stop overthinking one of the most amazing tools to unlock writing that you didn't even know you were capable of. That, And I will tell everybody who is listening here, uh, Alex did have us doing this wonderful exercise in the Write Yourself Into Motion um, workshop that I attended. And for me, because I've been reading tarot and it's such an automatic thing for me it took me a moment to get out of my tarot brain and go into the creative brain so this was actually a really good exercise for me to really start changing and shifting even the way i was looking at those cards so i thought it was just a brilliant brilliant exercise alex i love it Awesome. It's kind of addicting. I have people telling me that they start doing this and even buying tarot decks just to do the tarotry game, even if they have no interest in, in tarot to begin with. It's pretty fun. 
Yeah, that. it's awesome. So fabulous. So I have one more quick question that I really wanted to grab that was earlier somebody yeah. put this on the web um, because we're not going to have enough time to get any questions. So I just want to get this one. It's from Michelle who's calling in from California. And she wanted to ask you this, Alex. What is the one thing that you do in your business that you'd say is your one, number one reason for success that most others, in quotations, non-successful, are missing? Hmm. Good question. Huh. I would say, and this is something I've observed about myself and something I still work on, whenever I have an idea, you know, for something as simple as a newsletter I want to send out to my mailing list up to, you know, a, a world tour workshop series that I want to design and do in 10 cities, I always look at the idea and I almost always ask myself, how can I make it easier? Mm. And that might sound like lazy or lame, but in my experience, we human beings love to overcomplicate everything. We like to overcomplicate the way we communicate. We like to overcomplicate the way that we price our offerings. We like to just, we just overdo it. We always overdo it. So, I've noticed that every time I ask myself, how can I make it simpler or how can I make this feel like it's easy, I usually am able to refine whatever it is that I'm trying to create um, in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise. And it almost always ends up being more profitable and a lot more fun. So that's a little little another gem I'd like to plan in everyone's minds, you know, not just when it comes to writing, but your entire business design. How can you make it simpler? How can you make it simpler for you as the creator, the originator? And how can you make it simpler for the people that you want to serve to say yes? Maybe they don't need a menu of 17 different service offerings with four different pricing structures and levels and payment plans and this, that, and the other. Maybe that's making their brain hurt. I know it certainly would make mine. <laughs> Maybe, you know, you don't need to write on your blog every single day of the week or even three days a week. Maybe it's just one perfectly polished Zen gemstone every Sunday night and that's it. And it's better for you and it's better for your readers who are overwhelmed with language and blog posts anyway. So really give yourself permission to keep it simpler and then simpler and then simpler. And if nothing else, it's a worthy experiment to carry you through the rest of the summer. <laughs> that is awesome advice. Bree, do you, do you tend to overcomplicate things, or are you you good at ratcheting it down and being simple? You know, I overcomplicate so much <laughs> that I've had to be very brutal with some uh -huh. point. And that's one of the reasons that I love Alex, and I was drawn to her when I first, you know, encountered her on the web because I was like, yeah, yes. Pretty but minimalistic. I like it mm. because because I will just totally spread myself too thin. So I've I've learned the hard way to really, you know, just get rid of a lot of stuff. I always think of it as taking out, uh, you know, my bodhisattva sword and just carving away to reveal the perfectly polished jewel mm. underneath. Beautiful. It all. That is that sounds like tarotry. <laughs> <laughs> The Queen of Swords. <laughs> so, Alex, um, we we really loved having you here, sharing your wisdom. Could you tell people where they can find you again for everyone who's listening? 
Absolutely. I am at alexandrafranzen.com, and I'm sure there's a link on the top Talking Shop page at least this week. Um, alexandrafranzen.com. I'm also on Twitter at alex underscore franzen. And I don't normally uh, mention this because I'm, I'm not a pushy gal, but uh, if you do hop on my mailing list, there is a really cool free worksheet that you get when you sign up. I call it the Great I Am Worksheet. And it is designed to help you write a super simple one-page declaration of who you are, what you do, and why your work matters, and it's designed to be completed in 20 minutes flat. So if you like the idea of experimenting with some more of these sort of timed writing drills, I would say go get that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and I would also tell everybody who is listening that Alex has these fantastic scripts that are so good for tongue-tied entrepreneurs. Sometimes we have trouble. It doesn't matter what business you're in either. Sometimes we have trouble like sending out a pitch letter or finding a way to maybe reach out to that big wig we always wanted to connect with or, or maybe even just talk about our business or even find a way to fire a client. And you've got so many fantastic scripts uh, in your shop on your site. I've bought every one, and I highly recommend everyone who is listening to get those scripts because they are going to help you when you are at a loss with how to communicate different business or life type things. So I'm a real big fan of those. And I also do want to say, uh, now I'm going to be really tooting your horn here, Alex. People, <laughs> if you have an opportunity, get in one of her workshops. They sell out quickly. And they are worth it because you are going to become a faster better writer. Uh, I took the Write Yourself workshop, Write Yourself into Motion workshop in Minneapolis a couple weeks ago, and it's really changed the way I've approached my writing, the way I even think about my writing. So I want to tell everyone who's listening in, get into her site, find out where she's going to be at a city near you, and don't hesitate. Go. If you want to learn how to write for your site and do it well, this is the workshop that you're going to want to attend. Alex isn't just a copywriter. She really is a teacher who can help you get better with your writing. So all you guys who are listening in tonight or who's listening in on the recording, those are my recommendations, and I'm, I'm standing behind that 100%. So I hope everybody has enjoyed this show tonight. I thought... This has been very informative. It's, it's really necessary stuff. And next month, we've got a great show. Bree, you want to tell people the date and who we're going to be chatting with and what the subject is? You know, I don't have the date in front of me at the moment. August 28th at 8 p.m.? You're so good. And we, we have Joanna Powell Colbert coming on, don't we? Yes, we do. And she is a very dear friend of mine. She is the creator of the very popular Guy in Tarot. We're going to be talking with her about how to create a thriving online community. So it's going to be really important for those of you who are out there on the web and trying to create communities. No one's done it better than Joanna. She is amazing. And this is, I think this is so awesome, too, because the guy in Tarot has such a nourishing energy to it. And so, you know, that's what a thriving online community is really about. <laughs> Right on. And I thank everyone who's listening in tonight for being part of our community here at Talking Shop. 
Uh, and again, Alex, thank you. For everyone who's thank listening, you. You, you can find me and work with me uh, at www.thetarolady.com. I'm Teresa Reed. Bree? I'm Bree Saucy, and you can find me at www.milagroroots.com. Thank you all so much for joining us this evening. And we will see you guys next month, August 28th at 8 p.m. Same bat time, same bat channel. Good night. Thanks, everyone.